Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Karen Karen Radio Show. The intention of this show is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether it's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kan, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. If you don't have a copy of my book, you can get the first six chapters free by signing up on my newsletter, www.karencan.com. And not only will you get the first six chapters, I'll actually give you an invite to to check out my five Fast Track Your Healing online webinar classes free as well. So you can learn about emotional healing and how we do intuitive body code healing, how to do self-muscle testing, probably the most popular class that we have. In fact, a lot of people find me online just because I have these little mini self uh, muscle testing videos online and they and they find me through that because it's so popular a uh, skill set to learn now so if you're interested in any of that stuff uh, come visit me on my website and t- today we're going to be talking to Erin Elizabeth from Health Nut News now if you've been following us if you've been listening to the radio show on a regular basis um, you'll remember that uh, we spoke to Erin about a very serious topic about holistic doctors and practitioners that are just seemingly dying, either, you know, questionably, uh, either, you know, are they being murdered, are they being, you know, suicide, that kind of stuff, some really, really strange things going on. And so that was kind of a a difficult topic, and I really appreciate Erin for, you know, her willingness, first of all, to to talk about such a difficult topic and just for her (laughs) immense amount of work uh, in uh, publishing and getting to the source of what the heck is going on with this. And so definitely if uh, you listen to that and uh, there are some updates on Health Nut News, so you can go on her website to check it out. But today's topic is going to be a little bit lighter and brighter. And um, now Erin's gone through a lot of stuff with her health, like so many of us that have suffered from uh, chronic illness and have found a way, have a, have found a way to get better. And it's not to say that my way or Erin's way is the perfect way for you, but there might be something that in her experience might resonate with you. If you are suffering from anything that she was suffering from, she was uh, overweight, she had a significant weight gain, um, uh, you know, the Lyme disease that she had. And that, of course, is very, very difficult for most people to be able to get over, even if they are seeing the best holistic doctors that uh, that money can buy. You know, this, it's still a really an uphill battle for so many people with Lyme disease. And then last week we spoke to Eric Gladen from the movie Trace Amounts talking about vaccine injury. And he was someone who, you know, in his early 30s was was also vaccine injured um and you know here are these people all over the world that have these vaccine injuries and that's what Aaron had to go through too and she had breast surgery and much much more <laughs> but the really cool thing if you go to her website and you click the about page you'll see a before and after picture of her um now that it's near Thanksgiving this is perfect time Thanksgiving 2012 
There's a picture of her now. Now, looking at her at that before picture, she doesn't look all that bad compared to the average person that I see, okay? Like she's, you know, I mean, but but definitely compared to her after picture, she looks very healthy and athletic, and I think uh, everybody that can, you know, has seen any of her videos with her with her abs, I'd be like, wow, I want those abs, definitely. <laughs> so we want to pick Garen's brain to say, hey, what did you do? What's working for you? And maybe, you know, what are the, some of the things in your um, health nut so-called research that has really helped a lot of people? So Erin, welcome, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Karen. It's an honor to be here, so thank you. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for yeah, I'm me. glad you're back too. So, tell us a little story about, um, you know, how sick you were actually, and then what got you to this kind of healing path. Sure, and I probably didn't have any photos taken during my highest weight, so you know that mm. that was just to let you know the photo on the left would be, and I did take one last year. I should put up two to show that I kept the weight have and now kept the weight off. Um, but yeah, so you know, I think when we don't feel good about our bodies that are, for me, what I felt was my worst. I didn't have uh, any pictures. But, uh, but yeah, that one still shows where there was a little more weight. Uh, but for me, what I guess, to give you a brief history, um, I was vaccine injured as a child. I was adopted and spent the first two months like at an orphanage agency, very sick, uh, with thrush and, of course, not breastfed and bottle fed and, and no mother, which probably wasn't a good thing. And then I was adopted. And I think what might have happened is I may have been double vaccinated or not, or just where my gut was so unhealthy that when they did do the vaccinations, mainly the DPT, now known as the DTAP, I was uh, injured uh, near 105 fever for a week, uh, had seizures, uh, was, yeah, was hospitalized, uh, was vomiting. And uh, between that seizures, everything else, they thought that I might have spinal meningitis. So they did uh, spinal tap, but it wasn't that. But we think that it was pretty sure now it was encephalitis. So that um, you know there was some uh, swelling of the brain. Um, but then, thankfully, it's kind of miraculous that it just broke suddenly. Broke. So I was very fortunate uh, that it, you know where they thought that it might be the end for me. So and it was right after those vaccines in January. So we're in the dead of winter um, in the. Midwest, uh, you know, near Chicago's freezing weather, and I had a terrible cold. So now I think they would know better not to, and my parents were just doing what the doctor said, that you hope now the doctor would know better not to vaccinate at that time, and so you still see that happen. And uh, mm-hmm. now, of course, the, the DTAP still isn't good, but at least it's not the same uh, high amount of antigen, which was very, I mean, was dangerous back then, plus the um, mercury in the vaccine, so uh, which now could still be trace amounts, but back then it was straight out. <laughs> in the vaccine. So I was uh, just kind of sickly growing up with ear infections on antibiotics constantly. And then at age 13, I had a tick bite while I was uh, on a camping trip, actually, it was for like eighth grade uh, graduation camping trip. And then I started, I don't know if I had a bullseye rash. It was, we were two days out in the woods and, you know, these tents and cabins. So it was on the back of my leg and you don't feel those ticks. So it was probably right. there a day or two yeah, which wasn't good. And my Lyme literate MD is from the Midwest and knows that at that time in the 80s, they did have, um, it, it was, Lyme was in that area 100%. Sadly, we were far enough east that um, it, it was it, it was already in that area, their documented cases. So, uh, and we know that I have it now. So uh, I just kind of went through life. I was growing with the pains, it, with these joint pains, and they'd say, oh, it's just growing pains. And I just kind of learned to live life like that and there would be better 
time, you know, good times, bad times, maybe depending on the weather or how I was eating. Um, and then I was actually, I never I always forget to tell about this part, but in my 20s, I'd had a lot of dental work done and then uh, been in an accident where someone had, had hit me. So I was taken to ER and they did a, you know, thinking, oh, she might have cuts, there's blood. So they did a, a tetanus, which was probably a D-tap. So boom, did that all over again, which I oh, never no. done. So um, that's really when then things are really got bad. So they... They said it was, you know, like chronic fatigue, but nobody did. If they did a Lyme test, they did the cheap ELISA test. Um, so then I kept going, and then uh, it, the only surgery I've ever done, which was besides dental, which was probably it was just not a bright idea um, in the middle of probably of going through health crises. But I was I would go through weight fluctuations, so I was real thin and small up top. So I did do uh, saline breast implants, my one and only surgery. Uh, then. Things really got worse after that, and mm. then I um, decided to, I finally realized that I had to get them taken out. And I did go to Lyme experts, doctors along the way that are autoimmune experts, but I think that they just kind of missed the Lyme. Maybe with the muscle testing, it can hide really well. Definitely oh, yeah. I did, did, you know, muscle testing with um, with other doctors there who would, um, they would test with another doctor in, in between, you know, in between us doing the testing while the other one held their hands. So, um, but it's just, they, they missed it. So we, um, or it wasn't, it was hiding. So we did, I did get the implants out in a six hour um, surgery under general anesthesia and then slowly but surely started to get better. And then right about that time, I had some friends, um, one who was a, uh, has Lyme. He's a doctor, but he's unable to practice right now because the Lyme has just been so debilitating for him. So um, he saw me. I n- never would talk much about any of the health challenges on Facebook, but I just one day I had to mention all the, the visuals to know, which I had so badly. And he wrote and he said, "Have you had a Lyme test?" I said, "Yeah, the Eliza. I had a test at my, do- you know, I don't know, at the regular doctor's office some time ago." He said, "No, you got to do the Western blot test through Igenix." And so I did do it. And it came back positive, and so that was a that was a big part of the uh, puzzle right there. And I think there were other things going on, like obviously the vaccine injuries or having had the implants. But um, some people could have the implants and they can do okay. But obviously, for me, maybe because the Lyme, um, it was it was pretty difficult for me to handle. So uh, once I got the Lyme diagnosis, I was in denial and had to have five like LLMDs or, or DOs confirm it that yes, you know, I'm literate doctor. <laughs> say yes. I was in, I was funny. I don't know why. I mean, I wanted so long to know the answers and I kind of found my birth mother and found lots of other answers in my life. I sought her out and it was a beautiful finding a book she'd written about me in the library. It was a beautiful, you know, oh, wow. solving these mysteries. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. And, and it was, you know, I've always been into, even with the the doctor deaths, I want to know the answers. I want to know, look at the information and try to solve it. So after a while, I did accept it. And I just think initially maybe that's um, just a a natural reaction to be a little bit in denial. But once I accepted that, then I said, okay, let's switch gears here. Let's not be, you know, it's, it's not a death sentence or anything like that, but let's um, learn about it because I admit, that I didn't, Lyme was not an area I had studied a lot. So I started doing my research and uh, was fortunate because 
of um, my better half and, and, you know, being a, he's a holistic DO and uh, Dr. Mercola. And so these, these other doctors that he knew that could help me that I could, it was so fortunate to utilize that and that we get on a protocol that was pretty much all natural to get better using herbs and uh, tinctures and, and some supplementation. And uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. And I have a free book I wrote about what, you know, what I did with my uh, protocol. I mean, what they had me do because it does get a little involved. So I just give that away. I've never charged for it. I just feel there's so many people out there. CDC says Lyme is at least 10 times more prevalent than previously thought, and it's probably far more than that. So I just wanted to be able to give the information to other people. But once I got on that, once I made the diet changes, once I um, was able to get on a protocol and once we knew what we were dealing with, it was really only a couple months that I probably lost the 35, 40 pounds. No and it wasn't way. Like, oh, yeah, it, it went off. I mean, I have the pictures, yeah, even because I had a um, – Let's see, I guess the thing was my 20, what was it, my 25th high school reunion. And it was, I admit that it happened to be coincidentally a bit of a, I mean, it was a goal to go back when you're going back to the, you know, to, to high school, so to speak, to reunion. <laughs> see all these people all the quarter century later, you want to, um, you know, I, I was very happy to, because a lot of my weight was around the middle. I kind of hide it in that photo but people would even ask me if I was pregnant. So it was it was pretty, and I wasn't. So it was really mm. nice to go from, honestly, I think I was diagnosed in March or April. And by the beginning, it, it was June, July. I mean, I'd already had it off a while then when I went to the reunion, which is all just, it was kind of coincidental. I didn't know I was going to get diagnosed just before, but that I was able to uh, obtain that goal and then maintain, maintain even though I had a, uh, just a, we were traveling back to Chicago and there was a, a broken door. It wasn't anybody's fault. It just happened. So the door crushed my foot and broke it. So, um, oh, it's, so that wasn't, that was Christmas, like holidays of not or what, 11 months ago, almost a year. But even with that happening and even with the doctor stories that I was writing and it was kind of a dark time of writing about such and, and talking with the families, I was able to, Keep the weight off, I think, because of the dietary changes that I'd made and also kind of knowing um, being in a better place than I would have been two years ago. I mean, if, if I'd had all that happen, I think writing these stories the, without knowing the Lyme diagnosis and broken my foot, I think it really, I could have gone to, I think, gained another 50 pounds and then gotten to the point where it was really very difficult to lose. Not that people still can't do that, but um, so that's, yeah, that's wow. kind of... The story. I don't think I left any, any, anything out. And of course, when I got the implants out, I don't always say. But people ask. I of course did not put new, new implants in. I'm very open about that. So um, I went to an amazing surgeon, author, uh, an MD, board certified plastic surgeon in Atlanta, and she. I don't think we talked. We talked about this last time, but she um, also Susan Cole, but she does energy. Uh, healing and her specialty mm. is mainly re- removing uh, implants. So I think when women that have had trouble of coming from around the world, that is her specialty. She's a great woman, by the way, and does a radio show out of Atlanta. But um, she, uh, I think my mom happened to be in town coincidentally. She had family there. So she woke up with me afterward. And uh, I mean, she was there with me when I woke up afterward, I should say, after six hours. And uh, 
I think she was surprised to see the first thing that my doctor was doing, my MD, is, is you know, has her hands just slightly above my body and is, you know, doing some healing and energetic work. And so yeah, that was kind of kind of cool. So she got me through that. And then it was, you know, and it's, I can't say for certain, was it getting the implants out, getting the Lyme diagnosis? I think it was a combination and the same with the protocol that I used. I don't know if it was going from, um, the I was doing because the other thing I was just thinking about I was doing an interview earlier today and I said well was it that I started working out because I had more energy is that why I lost the weight but that isn't it because I still was trying to work out as sick as I felt and I went to these I thought this was the way the only way to get then I was doing these high intensity workouts which were kind of a hip thing not really boot camp but we're trying to do these high intensity um, where you're really getting your uh, your pulse up and everything and getting oh, yeah. that interval getting training pulse. kind of stuff. Yes. So, yes, and I'm sure you're very familiar with that. So I think with the severe, since Lyme affects everything in our body, which you as an MD probably know way more than I do, but that I know that it um, – it, it was – I had adrenal fatigue. I mean, it was – they thought I actually had um, Addison's because my cortisol levels were so high. He said, you should be falling on the floor, the endocrinologist. like you, This is just before I found out about the Lyme. We were doing some other tests trying to figure it out. And he said, you should be, you know, fall, on the floor, passed out. Your cortisol so high, it was through the roof. So um, what I did was because I had so much weight in the – middle to the point, like I said, where it may look like I was with child, that, that um, mm-hmm. I switched from the high intensity to doing uh, more relaxed, just slowing it down and going to doing uh, yoga and Pilates. And even it was kind of humbling because I had at one point, my I think probably before that second DPT shot in my 20s when it had that, got brought into ER or DTAP, I should say, shot, I... Um, I was actually working out and, and uh, doing pre- and, and living in California and doing um, it, it very advanced yoga training and, and I mean, with you know, the most advanced classes. So I had to start over a little bit and do, this is humbling, do a little more beginner, gentle, very gentle yoga mm. with the Pilates, do, uh, you know, not do power, you know, this crazy power yoga. Heated yoga doesn't, heat, hot yoga doesn't really work. Uh, for me, and I think with severe adrenal fatigue um, or some of those other challenges that people with autoimmune issues, thyroid, I don't personally, I mean, I'm I'm not a doctor like you, but I wouldn't recommend maybe hot yoga when someone's like, I'm, I'm, you know, have all these challenges in line, the heat isn't so great. So I would go to a regular temperature room and do the gentle and then added in the uh, Pilates doing more gentle regime all at the same time. So that was the diet, dietary changes, that, and then the Lyme supplements. And I, in the book, it's just it's free. It just has all the stuff that I did that I wrote back when I was doing it. And uh, I think it was a combination. I can't say it was the diet changes or the the workout routine changes or the Lyme supplementation. And I think it was just all all of the above, and it, it did make a difference. <laughs> So that's well, yeah, well, it's amazing that um, that you talk a little bit about the the exercise change because um, I was uh, doing, uh, I, you know, at some point, I, I, my symptoms for my you know, fibromyalgia, adrenal fatigue um, got a lot better over many years, but I still had some niggly symptoms left. Not so much fatigue, but more like joint stuff and 
um, muscle trigger points, that kind of thing. And I started this program, which was a just a 20 minute, like three times a week. Um, It was like, uh, you know, high intensity burst, but you you basically were able to tone it down if you needed to, and then rest, Uh and then just do high intensity again. And theoretically, it was even supposed to help balance your hormones. And so I thought, well, this sounds really great, balance your hormones, and then but what was amazing was that I started getting inflamed. And I'm like, what the heck? And oh. I started, like, getting worsening of my already sensitive, like, food sensitivities. And uh, um, I would react to foods again after starting this program, and my knee would swell up. And, and I I don't remember it ever really doing that. So I was like, what, like, what the heck is going on? And at that point, uh, one of my patients um uh had uh, gone to um the Stram Center in New York and they they specialize in Lyme so she got a Lyme diagnosis and at that point I didn't really think that I had a lot of people with Lyme in my office yes they I had quite a few chronic pain and fibromyalgia but um I, you know if they hadn't already had the Lyme test done which so many did I didn't really even bother doing it unless there was some history of it so I didn't really know a heck of a lot about it but then when I started energetic energetically testing for Lyme with muscle testing. Um, and some, you're right, sometimes it does really hide because your subconscious, yeah. you're not ready to know yet and we don't want you to do anything about it yet, you know, because yeah. you got to fix all these other things. Um, yeah. I was started, you know, testing people and I would, you know, uh, energetically testing and I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many people with Lyme and Lyme mm-hmm. co-infections and then I tested myself and sure enough, I've had it for 10 years. So I was like, um, oh, Okay, and I do actually remember one instance where I was outside and I was just I felt horrible the next day. I woke up with with you know a stiff neck and but I never had the bullseye you know lesion that so many people you know uh, right only, you're supposed to get yeah yeah a lot some of people do. don't get it right yeah That's some true. do some don't uh, but now I understand why that exercise caused the inflammation you know and, oh. and your story just kind of resonates with that is that if you're in the middle of healing Lyme which I was you know in the middle of healing it. That kind yes. of high intensity exercise was a no go. My body did not want that, um, and I had to kind of pull back. And it it felt like I kind of went backwards in terms of you know it took a while for this inflammation to go away in my joints. Uh, but after yeah. I understood that it was Lyme, then I knew I could you know then address it uh, the way I do anyway holistically, um, knowing yes. that 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 it was there. And so you know it was it was so so much better. But that's really interesting. Um, you telling us the story about how you were able to exercise. Well, well, tell us a little bit about the the diet. Again, you know, your diet may not work for everyone, but yes. tell us what you were eating uh, prior to your Lyme diagnosis, or you know, when you were sick, and and how did that change, and what are you eating now that's working for you? Well, I think that uh, I was because I definitely had that adrenal fatigue where you'd have, and and uh, uh, my gut uh, definitely, uh, my gut flora was. You know, and I had an unhealthy gut, just to, to put it mildly. So I was craving, uh, you know, grains, sugars, mm. and, and I'm not saying that somebody completely healthy can't have a. It's, each person is different, like you said. But for me, um, even if I was eating the best organic, uh, you know, a grain food that had grains and organic sugar, uh, that really wasn't uh, great for me with the the lime. So. Um, one of my, I'm very fortunate, you know, to have have these these doctors that I know. But one of them is a Lyme MD, Lyme literate MD, said, 
he he likes to see you go at least 75 days straight without any sugar. So I did that once. I mean, even any, really any fruit. And that was difficult. But actually, I felt okay. Just again, just me personally doing some whole fruit, not just like fruit juices, not fruit smoothies, but just a little whole fruit. But definitely cutting the grains helped me. And then the other thing is, I was doing, I mean, even when I wasn't having those real big cravings and having some kind of um, organic, say, sweet organic sweet bread with you know organic uh, grains, organic sugar. When I wasn't doing that, I was then doing more like a raw, a lot of raw food. So I found that actually switching just because my stomach, was, my my gut was so, um, it, it, it just it couldn't handle just so much raw food. I needed to eat some of the more gently cooked, say gently cooked vegetable or a, hmm. a nice soup or broth, and that I. Um, and also, the other thing was, I was, I admit that I, I mean, every, I know everyone does it to some extent, but um, I would eat a lot of foods that didn't have the, the water content like they would in nature, you know, dried kale chips and all this kind of stuff. So I would be better maybe with a little bit of uh, something, kale that was cooked or uh, having food, foods with a higher water content because we're all mm. so dehydrated. And I think that you know, it is good that we, and I drink more water, That little things like that. But um, I think if we can naturally, this is just my opinion, but if, and I, and I know some others who feel the same way and I've seen them, seen them lose weight this way, is that if we can naturally eat foods with high water content and not all the dehydrated foods or chips, even if they're organic and all that, um, that that would be better. So, uh, and I just think now, even if we're eating organic, and I'm not, I don't want to be just down on, grains because I know some people are okay with those. Um, but for me personally, I needed to cut a, a lot of the grains and uh, like I say, less wheat, less sweets, um, even um, less meat for some people if they're eating uh, a lot of meat, though each person is different. But uh, I just, even if the grains are organic, they say they could still have the glyphosate in them, they're now contaminated. So I, for me personally, leaving out those grains and eating like uh, av- more avocados and uh, I love sweet potatoes. I know people say, Oh, me too. You know, I, I love them. And I know that those would, um, it, but I think that for me, the sweet potato would be better than say some a bread or something like that, but it's a natural whole food. I mean, I just don't see how something that was made for us in nature, like a sweet potato or avocados. And I'd even do a, like, that's where I do a little fruit, like a whole little bit of a banana um, or a little small cup of strawberries. And I just felt like sticking with more whole foods with their natural water content instead of like uh, uh, banana chips, dried banana chips, dried kale chips, all that, and getting right, away from right. some of the dried foods was so much easier. Um, or uh, having, of course, the fruit would be raw, but having some of the veggies uh, a little bit cooked made a, a difference if I were uh, to, to actually cook my veggies or have some asparagus, uh, you know, with a like with a sweet potato and maybe something else on my plate that uh, that's just just for me and that made a a big a big difference so um yeah a big well, difference in, certainly in in chinese medicine uh in asian medicine a lot of times yeah. i feel like if the spleen energy is weak so that is like the digestion energy is weak that they never hardly ever recommend raw food for really chronically sick people which is interesting because there's certainly lots of people who um are very very pro you know raw food um, yes. And uh, I, I personally couldn't tolerate that. Um, 
and it was just too rough for my digestion. And, you know, there's yeah. a lot of controversy over, is it good, isn't it good? And, you know, um, and I definitely, you know, when I when I did juicing, I liked it. I didn't seem to get the whole sugar, you know, up and down thing that some people do. But that's when I was healthier. I don't know if I was really full-blown into adrenal fatigue, whether the juicing would have worked for me. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But but I the other thing is, you know, we, we interviewed some um, some of our nutritionists and from various different um you know, uh, um, you know, specialties and for adrenal nutrition, uh, one of them, yes. Pam Colleen, um, she works with people with chronic illness and adrenal fatigue. She felt that it was really important to eat animal fat because the vitamin A mm-hmm. actually doesn't occur in nature in uh, fruits and vegetables. It's beta carotene, but it's vitamin A that your adrenals actually need. And I didn't really know that, you know, until I interviewed her. Interesting. Um, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I did. First, I really tried to be uh, vegetarian and vegan um, before I got right. sick. Actually, I thought I was going to be healthier, eat more whole grains and legumes and beans, and do my Indian food, and it was delicious. My, you know, husband at the time was a very good cook. Um, yes. But I was always hungry and tired. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. didn't work for me. And then he would joke about, oh, you just need to go to, you know, the steakhouse, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Right, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it's funny. He said, <laughs> well, and so it, it didn't, for you, you needed to have, you had needed to have more animal protein in your your diet do do you mind me asking if you do dairy not to switch the interview around but i'm just curious. oh no no yeah well i was going to ask you that too because um i'm asian anyway so we just don't tolerate dairy that way yeah that well and i tried raw milk because we actually have a raw milk producer close to us a farm which is amazing and my husband thought it was amazing and loved it and i thought it was great stuff but i got bloated and um i just you know, my chi or whatever, tends, my energy tends to stagnate when I do cow's milk dairy, no matter how great it is. So I just don't bother for the most part. Anymore. Right. Well, I yeah. yes, I know that's probably I would I know a, a friend um, who works in the natural health world who is also uh, Asian descent and he is Asian and he says especially the cow's milk. Like I mean, if if anybody, well, especially if you are Asian, but that they, they just cannot tolerate you cannot tolerate cow's milk at all. It would be better to do goat's milk if you were going to do something. But I think that really applies to anyone. Um, I just feel more and more, I forget which what enzyme it is, but it's not a good one. And so for cow's milk, I just, I would don't think it's good for anyone. If someone says, look, I have to do dairy, then I would recommend uh, like a goat's milk or a goat's cheese. But now with all the... Uh, alternatives we have i mean not some of the just like the maybe the grocery store almond milk or anything but if you get a really good quality or make your own nut like fermented nut cheese or something that's what i prefer Mm -hmm. to do because that was another thing i did um definitely make sure i had no dairy and i think that made a big difference and um years before that i had done the raw milk and that didn't you think that would be uh that would be better because uh, it, it was, you know, doing the raw, and they say it's healthy. And in fact, I've even seen these crazy protocols where they say if you drink, I don't know how much raw milk, like obscene amounts of raw milk, that'll help the lime. But for me, the raw milk, all those it was those years was not uh, was not helpful, and uh, it was probably cow would have been cows. But I just, yeah, I feel better 
uh, being uh, dairy-free. I just definitely can. We are, like, as you know, and everybody knows, but sometimes you have to say it out loud, the only animal once we're weaned that is drinking milk from another animal. So, yeah, eating, (laughs) eating dairy products. So I just love so many. I mean, they have the... Just you can make some amazing fermented, uh, you know, like I said, the nut cheeses or um, some of the natural nut milks uh, that I feel great with. If I make a little homemade almond milk, it's so easy now um, that I just I prefer that than and it just seems to be better than having any milk. But yeah, if somebody were going to do milk, my yeah, my advice, like you were saying, cow's milk. My advice would be if they say they can't live without it, to do the goats, um, the goats milk and uh, or goat's cheese but uh, yeah i just or whatever else they were eating but i i just uh dairy products but yeah for me i felt better i just feel better without it so. mm-hmm. and and it doesn't sound like you were really uh eating like you know cr- uh, crappy processed food no. prior to you changing your yeah. diet you were trying to eat organic whole grains i mean you're trying to yeah, eat good quality I, food but you still made some pretty drastic changes oh and another one gosh which i didn't mention earlier then earlier today i was doing this other interview but the the uh also i i admit when we were in chicago um even though i was eating the the going to not to pick them pick on them but whole foods and they are going no gmo but back back then even if you go to their deli even if you get the natural da 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 you know like their homemade all you know just veggies maybe it has a little grain in there like some kind of um, dish that they're making um it if it's depending what they add or the oils or if there's any sugar added at all then it could be or corn god forbid then it would or soy then it's it's not it's now they're getting better but even just back then it was still gmo and, and they haven't gone uh organic yet with their delis now we're fortunate we don't even have a whole foods here on the East Coast where we are in this sleepy beach town in Florida. So we have a local uh, organic health food store that is no GMO. But um, that made a difference, too. I really believe that it's funny because people don't seem to care a lot of the times when I explain the, you know, about GMOs with um, in, in regard to what they're what they could do with our, you know, they talk about to our DNA. But when I say that I made sure and I was good before, I mean, probably with like the like I said, if I got some bread or something that was organic, but sometimes you get spoiled and go to that deli at the, you know, you think you're at the health food store, you're eating something healthy, but if it's not organic and there's GMOs, that was something I made sure I was really strict on that I was doing nothing that would be genetically modified. And I think that made a difference too. I really think that the GMOs, if people well, look at our society, I think that is part of the reason for the uh, significant weight gain of so much of our uh, country mm. or, you know, you know so yeah i think that I, might be a good incentive for people because if you just say oh it's uh, bad for yeah. you and make sure <laughs> yeah, you know, no, your gut and they're like yeah yeah fall asleep but if you say well i released all this weight and one of the things i was really strict on was not eating genetically modified foods they might listen yep. Like, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And, really? And now, oh, yeah. And that it is funny that people will listen to that, and I'm gonna talk on that because that was another one of it, it, the, the things that I was so strict on were before. And I don't think it was the only thing, but like you said, uh, we talk about what it does in our gut, and does it give us a gut? So you know, I just felt that that was imperative. And yeah, now I will. I mean, I we really don't go to. Um, 
to well, there's only a couple of restaurants because we have two organic we're lucky in this, this town now that there's actually a couple organic restaurants and that's it um really otherwise we won't go out if friends say that i mean there's very limited things we would get at or i would get anyway at a at just a regular restaurant and i don't think that's a you know people say oh you don't have to be a sn- food snob I don't think that's being snobby. It's just being concerned about your health. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would never judge that as being a food snob. Just be food, you know, awareness and conscious. And um, that's great. I mean, we rarely go out either. And now that genetically modified salmon has been approved, oh, um, I, I think we'll go out even less. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, and, and, so and then sad. people say, well, I'm only getting organic, but... But if it's not labeled, if you're going to a restaurant, you just never know. Yeah, I know. It's so that's just so sad. It's really sad to uh, to see that happen. And even though we had uh, so many, even politicians, so many politicians against it, and it's still and the people don't want it, but it's approved. And you know, just yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Crazy yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> well, I, I want me people to know that they uh, can go to your website and get that uh, your ebook that's that download as a gift, right? So, um, can yes, you just tell us uh, where uh, where people should go to sign up for that? Sure, they would just go to my website with it, which is healthnutnews.com or healthnutnews forward slash join, and you don't really join anything except that you put your email in and it sends you the. Book and immediately, and then um, I have a newsletter. But I'm not. I'm getting better at sending it more frequently. I've, these last few months, I haven't sent it as much as I like. But not. It's not a frequent newsletter, and uh, that's all you got to do. <laughs> so. Oh, great! Well, that's perfect, yeah. and and it's just a, such great. Uh, you know, talking about news, it's some really great articles that you've written. Uh, so, uh, Aaron, oh, thank you been a great pleasure to have you on the show twice and oh, uh, thank you and I want to yeah let people know about your awesome website you have a lot of great great and very varied too it's not just on one thing like this the one that you have about um the eco-friendly homes that these folks are making in Nigeria uh, you know, with plastic yeah. bottles and, and mud in Nigeria I mean that is fantastic we we need more positive news as much as we sometimes need to hear about the bad things that are happening so we can be aware. So I really appreciate that balance. Oh, thank you. I try to have a wide variety and get it out there right away. So yeah, that's uh thank you. I love doing it. So thank you. So oh, much. fantastic. <laughs> well, our time is up, believe it or not. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. really, really awesome um, having you again on the show, Erin. Congratulations, of course, not only for your wonderful blog site but also your personal success and in healing you know with the Lyme the surgeries and definitely an inspiration for a lot of people so hopefully that our listeners uh, listening in today can uh, you know get some tidbits and and there's a lot of what you say that you know I recommend it's always great to hear it from another person though (laughs) yeah that's yes that's true yes oh thank you Dr. Theron it's uh, I'm humbled to be on again so it's a real pleasure always is thank you Oh, yeah, my pleasure, too. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time.